welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, editor of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Alex Vaccaro of Alert Media about the results of a recent survey on how safe workers feel on the job. And now, on to the interview. I am talking today with Alex Vaccaro, Chief Marketing Officer for Alert Media, and we're talking about the State of Employee Safety in 2022 report that Alert Media just came out with. Welcome, Alex. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me. No problem. So just wanted to start off um, and have you sort of tell us a little bit about yourself and Alert Media. Yeah. Um, as, you, as you said, I'm Alex Vaccaro, Chief Marketing Officer at Alert Media. Um, I work with a lot with our customers and our prospective customers um, to help produce valuable content like the Employee Safety Report that can help them um, in their day-to-day jobs. And for those of you who don't know Alert Media, Alert Media is an emergency communication software provider. We work with thousands of customers across the globe, like JetBlue, um, BPX, Walmart, Coca-Cola, Bottling Company, to help them uh, communicate more effectively during emergency events. Great. Um, So why uh, this was the first um, survey that you guys did on this, on employee safety, what was sort of the uh, reasoning behind doing it? And what were you hoping to get out of it? Yeah, great question. Um, we really wanted to put together a report in the space that HS leaders, HR leaders, business leaders could use to help them understand kind of the state of employee safety, what employees uh, felt about safety programs and, and their employers and how seriously they're taking their safety and give um, EHS leaders a way to benchmark, you know, what they're doing and maybe data they have from their own workforce against uh, what we're seeing by, you know, the average employed American. And what was your main takeaway uh, from the report? A couple of main takeaways come to mind. Um, First is employees care about employee safety probably now more than ever. Um, Now is really the time if you're an organization looking to invest in programs around employee safety and examine how you're demonstrating to your people that personal safety and well-being are a priority. Um, EHS professionals can really use this data to reinforce the importance of their work. I think our report's findings are pretty clear that safety programs, training, communication, and preparedness are pretty critical to employees' perceptions of the workplace, and they shouldn't be ignored. Um, And if I think about the last thing, it's really that safety should be a business priority and not just a priority of EHS or HR um, or business continuity. In today's talent market, businesses can't afford to be just okay at this. Um, they have to really engage their workforce and ensure safe working t- conditions for all. Uh, and when, we, when I think about um, you know, what an employer should be doing, they should really be extending a duty of care to their employees in, t- in today's talent market. And that's gonna go a long way of showing that you care about your employees' well-being. Um, do you feel like that sort of attitude has changed over the years, um, I guess, both from employees and from employers in terms of, you know, that sort of real sense of concern about, uh, you know, workplace safety? Do you feel like that's kind of evolved and people are more aware of it now? Yeah, I think um, we're definitely seeing a huge shift there, especially with the pandemic. Um, I think that's been a pretty pivotal point in history that has allowed um, to bring the conversation of employee safety really to the forefront. Um, all of a sudden, you know, EHS leaders might have had a seat at the table that they didn't have before. And so I do think it's it's been a big shift and, and brought that to the forefront. Um, and 
I guess, uh, you know, you mentioned the pandemic, obviously huge <laughs> events yeah. in everybody's lives, but, um, <laughs> how, you know, what are some of the, I guess, uh, concrete impacts that it's had, you know, other than the obvious, yeah. like people are working from home, things like that. But, you know, how are, uh, I guess, how are companies dealing with that sort of aftermath? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously millions of employees were kind of forced to adapt either to remote working conditions or different working conditions, right? Masking and, and different protocols. Um, I think many were left without clear answers of when to expect to return to normalcy, whether that normalcy means you know, going back to an office or um, not having to wear a mask at work or not having to follow different safety protocols or uh, things like that. And so I think the report, the report's research suggests that as a result of this uncertainty, employers are now facing significant communication hurdles to help these employees feel more secure about their eventual return to a physical workplace or um, secure in the workplace that they're working in. And so Ultimately, I think we've come out of this with employees holding uh, their employers to a much higher standard. Uh, when you combine the pandemic kind of with the labor shortage we're seeing, we are definitely seeing a market environment where employee now holds more power um, and can hold their employer to a higher standard. Yeah, have, have we ever kind of had a, uh, an a, a market like that where, you know, the employees kind of have a lot more power and kind of, you know, can really pick and choose what they want to do. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure in the history, um, you know, we're seeing record 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 numbers right now as mm -hmm. far as of people leaving the workforce and people quitting their jobs. However, I think there's been there's been surges in the market in the past where the economy's been good and the employee might shift power, just kind of like the housing market, right? Buyers and sellers, the, the power shifts. Um, but I think what's unique about this market is that employee safety has all of a sudden come to the forefront, and I think that's because of the pandemic and that shift that happened there, um, and with with the pandemic, a lot of uh, different other events being heightened and, and happening in the world. So I think that's probably what's unique about what we're seeing today versus other maybe shifts um, in previous markets in previous years. Um, does the, uh, the, does, does uh, the generation kind of um, play into it as well, you know, with more younger workers out there, does that um, translate to, you know, I guess a more concern about safety and also you know, more of a willingness to, to, you know, leave a job after an hour long period of time. Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, I think we're seeing those trends in the market today. In, in our data, we actually saw that um, boomers were more likely than younger generations to say safety is extremely important as a factor when determining where they work. Mm -hmm. uh, but across the board, if you looked at each generation, boomers, Gen Z, millennials, and Gen X, they all, it was all the majority um, stating that that was a high, um, of high importance for them when they, when they're thinking about where they choose to work. And is that maybe a shift for boomers and Gen Xers were maybe in the past they would have put up with, you know, certain mm -hmm. issues, you know, just for, you know, for a job. And now they're, now they're like, you know, I don't need to deal with this. I'll go somewhere where I feel safe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause now they have a, a lot more power um, in this job market today. Um, so, you know, how would you, I know you kind of touched on it already a little bit, but what would your advice be to employers, you know, looking at this, report and kind of looking at these at these results, what would you tell them um, or advise them to do? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think using the data um, to get buy-in on your safety programs, specifically communication and training for your employees, I think those are the two areas where there's data in the report that can be leveraged uh, to help with, with programs around communication and training. In the report, um, we kind of lead with 97% of employees said safety is an important factor when considering where they work. The respondents even said that safety was a greater factor in determining where to work than it is determining where to live, where they socialize, vacation, or send their children to school. That's a pretty impactful stat yeah. um, that I think people can use when they're when they're speaking to business leaders and trying to get budget for their programs. Uh, and so I think use that data to help you get buy-in. I think the other thing uh, that I mentioned was benchmarking. Uh, you know, I would think about seriously engaging your workforce, asking them how they feel about what you're currently doing, soliciting their feedback on what you could be doing better, and then get a benchmark for your company, um, compare it to the results of this report to say how are, how are we doing against you know, these general employed Americans that were surveyed, and then put programs in place um, and, and use your own data to benchmark over time. Has a, a lack of feedback also from employees also kind of um, led to some of the dissatisfaction with, with safety? I think that's probably um, in general, like with, with anything when it comes to your employer, right? If you're not getting good feedback along the way, um, you might see a dissatisfaction that you didn't know existed because you're not asking for feedback or soliciting for feedback. And I think typically you know things like benefits and compensation those tend to be things we're asking our employees about um how likely are you to refer somebody to work here but safety usually doesn't make it um on those surveys and so yes i think that there's an opportunity here to partner with your hr counterparts um, and other leaders across the business to get those questions into your general employee surveys you're doing uh, so that you can make up for some of that lost time that you might be seeing um, with your employees. The report uh, asked a lot about uh, safety communication and, and sort of uh, looked at how employers, uh, you know, kind of communicate, you know, these things to their employees. How, how would you say uh, employers can improve uh, their emergency communications? Yeah, so I think the first one is actually starting to communicate if you aren't today. And I know that seems simple, but a lot of employers are not communicating today um, with their employees about emergency events. And if they are, maybe perhaps they're communicating about events that occur around the physical workplace. So something like a fire that happens in the workplace. Typically, employers are pretty good about communicating about something like that. Uh, but they're not considering events that might be impacting employees working from home or outside the workplace. You know, recently in um, Central Texas, we had some pretty bad severe weather and tornadoes that were occurring. And while our office wasn't impacted, our physical uh, workplace location, we had employees that live, you know, up to an hour, hour and a half away outside of the city. And they were in the region where um, in the path of the tornado watches and warnings. And so... Uh, proactively communicating to them and thinking about them and extending that duty of care beyond uh, the physical workplace goes a really long way. Um, we heard from employees multiple times thanking us for uh, proactively warning them that they received alerts uh, about those tornadoes. And I think that's something that employers definitely should be considering. Um, and I think bringing it up to just a, a higher level, articulating your stance uh, to tell your employee space, you know, what, what, what is your stance on employee safety? Is it important to you? 
companies that we see doing this super well, um, they might even have employee safety or safety as one of their core values, especially in a in a highly regulated industry where um, the job's more risky than a typical desk worker. Or they might um, have it as a key business initiative that they're communicating to the entire org. And I think you can start small here, create a council or a team responsible for communicating with employees during an emergency, define roles and responsibilities within that team so you have clear expectations on who's going to communicate, how you're going to communicate, and when you will communicate during an emergency event. And then I think foundationally, like invest in a solution like Alert Media to make your lives easier. Any good emergency communication tool should proactively tell you when your people or your locations are at risk from events like severe weather, or violence, or other emergency events, and then allow you to easily communicate over multiple channels with your people. And it sort of ties in with this, uh, how important is psychological safety of workers and what can companies do to kind of improve that? Yeah, um, I think that's some, another trend that we've seen come to the forefront during the pandemic. Uh, we've produced quite a bit of content on that as well. Um, and just thinking about, you know, mental health in addition to physical well-being. Um, I think partnering with HR leaders on that is really important. Um, making available resources, uh, making sure that you're communicating about those resources and what's available to your workforce is, is pretty critical. Checking in with your employees um, and seeing how they're feeling and, and doing. I think a lot of that, um, we, we should be relying on our HR partnerships to help remind uh, people managers to be doing so. And then checking in on your people managers is pretty important too, because a lot of that weight um, on their shoulders can really be with that mid-level of, of management is what we've seen. So I think ultimately they go hand in hand. Um, and some of what we saw in the in the report is, you know, people are pretty anxious about their health and well-being. And mm -hmm. so those, those do play together. 79% um, of respondents agreed that they're more concerned about health and well-being than ever before. Uh, so I don't think those results are, are super surprising given where we are as a society where people have, you know, maybe stayed in their homes um, for you know, the past couple years and they haven't been used to going into a typical workforce uh, workplace for a, a very long time. They might not have seen people outside of their families for months or, or even a couple of years, just depending on where you are in the country or the world. Um, you know, normal life was disrupted. And so I think uh, mental well-being and mental health has definitely come to the forefront during the last couple of years. Definitely. And speaking of that, I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, a lot of folks have been working remotely, uh, but some companies are now starting to kind of gradually have people come back in. Uh, what are some ways yep. that uh, employers can, uh, I guess, manage that whole situation, whether you've got people who, you know, don't want to come back uh, or, you know, are starting to come back, you know, what are some, sort of, I guess, different ways to kind of manage uh, workplace safety within the, in that sort of new evolving situation? Yeah, I think it depends a lot on your business, right? I mean, if you have the ability to be flexible and be um, have a more hybrid approach for employees, then that's something I think we would definitely recommend, um, especially as people ease back into the into the workplace. But a lot of companies don't have that flexibility, and they've had to go back um, a long a long time ago. And so, I think first and foremost, it, it depends on your workforce and your business needs. 
Um, but then after you've kind of figured that out and what your approach is and, and what you can do, I think just being really clear about the expectations. You know, what are you expecting your employees to do when they are at work? Um, are you requiring masks or are you not? Are you requiring things like a daily symptom check? I mean, that's something that's worked really well for our team uh, is to have everyone fill out a daily survey that comes from our own tool um, that says, hey, I'm confirming that I haven't experienced any symptoms today. You know, people are hyper aware about uh, people being sick more so than they ever have been before. Um, and that's done a lot to dampen the spread of COVID, but also all, all other types of illnesses that have been, um, you know, run running rampant during flu season and RSV and things like that. So just being really clear with expectations and uh, and what you're expecting from your employees and what the, the rules are of your workplace so that um, everyone's aware of that when they're coming back and you're not, you know, trying to guess and, and having people have to self-manage and self-police. Um, another thing that the uh, report found was that uh, only 38% of working Americans would strongly agree that they know what to do in the event of an emergency at work. How important mm -hmm. is yeah. safety training kind of, you know, improving <laughs> that, you know, that kind of a, that number? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty critical, especially considering that the report also showed that more than four um, in five working Americans have encountered at least one emergency during their career. Right, right. So it's, it's, common it's going to happen i think most people have experienced something in their career and you know we're, in, we're entering a um a place where you know we are seeing these situations happen more and more and so i think uh emergency preparedness and ehs leaders can really uh be putting programs in place to help people understand what they should be doing if something happens in their in their workplace um that's that's a challenge that the majority of Americans don't strongly agree and don't feel like they know what to do. Um, and that's, I think that's up to the EHS leaders um, and other business leaders to ensure that we've got good preparation, good planning, good drills um, to help people understand, you know, during these types of events that you identify that are a risk for your business, which I think is part of the process that you should be going through is, you know, what are the big things that we think are a potential risk to our business? A, a general office environment, environment might be very different than a retail environment, for example. Um, and, and what do we think are those risks? And then how do we prioritize training our employees to ensure they understand um, what they should be doing, making them mandatory and making them you know, core to their business process and their business values. And ultimately, I think that goes back to ensuring safety is not a problem for EHS to solve alone. Um, it is a business initiative and a business problem and, and use this data um, to help you make that case so you can get buy-in across the business. Um, another big issue obviously is workforce retention, you know, especially, you know, as we've seen a lot of people quitting their jobs or, or just, you know, leaving for other jobs, you know, how, how can, um, companies deal with this and how important is safety and sort of the sense of safety to uh, improving that retention? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, we all read the news um, about the recent stats and, and I mentioned the, the record numbers we're seeing, I think in January it was, I just read 4.3 million people quit their jobs. Um, so 
it is a lot, either exiting the workforce altogether or um, switching, switching jobs for a better situation. In, in the data, we asked employees about their top priorities for staying with a company long-term, and employees ranked compensation first, followed closely by employee safety and then benefits. Um, and so I think, you know, what, what the business can be doing and what your business can be doing is really emphasizing safety efforts um, in their hiring, uh, hiring efforts alongside other benefits to help ease the mind of employees. I, I think that, you know, standard HR is leading with benefits and perks and things like that, um, but safety is important to employees and I think recognizing that and then emphasizing that um, during the recruiting process and then going back to what we what we discussed earlier, which is communicating and articulating your stance to your employees that are there um, so that you're helping retain who you have and then be able to recruit that new. Um, also wanted to ask you, is this going to be an annual report? Are you going to be kind of doing this every year or uh, as you go forward? Yes, yeah. Absolutely. So that is that is the goal to be doing it every year to give uh, leaders a benchmark, um, be able to look at this data over time, um, have something that they can benchmark against their own efforts and what they're seeing internally. And then, of course, as trends, um, as we see them in the workplace and in the market, we'll be asking and adding additional questions that might be relevant to what's going on today um, that might not be occurring. At, have occurred a year ago. I hope we, I hope we don't continue to have to ask a lot of questions about COVID, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and we did try to stay a little bit, at, you know, away from that because there has been so much data around that. And so um, this report should give you a good overview of all of the different type of emergency events that uh, employees are facing and not just focusing on COVID because it is something that, um, that people care about. It's, it's not just COVID-19. There's, there's a lot of events that are occurring that people are, are concerned about when it comes to their, their workplace. I mean, and as we've sort of moved forward and hopefully away from COVID, um, what, what are some other issues that you'll be kind of watching out for uh, as far as workplace safety goes? Yeah, I think um, cyber attacks and cyber crime are a big concern. Data, the data showed that threats like those um, severe weather, crime, and significant outages are a concern for the majority of employees that we surveyed. Um, protest and, and political demonstrations is another one that we've seen that's been quite disruptive to um, workplaces and, and something that are, is top of mind for employees and that they're concerned about. Um, natural disasters, of course, always. Um, another just general dis disruptions that might not be, you know, typical emergency, but they're going to disrupt business events like transportation disruptions and things like that. Well, Alex, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Um, yeah, obviously, it's a, a very interesting uh, survey, and hopefully uh, hopefully things will improve in terms of, uh, you know, workplace safety and how people feel about it when uh, you do this uh, this report next year. I agree. I hope um, people listen listen to it and, and use this data to help them improve their programs so we can see progress and positive progress over time. Thank you so much for having us on your show. Thank, thank you. That wraps up episode 105 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time.